0: leaked online guys they had some pretty weird stuff in there his list of favorite movies include sharknado jaws and liar liar now that the gamecocks are bowl eligible coach will muschamp has secured his trusty room at the birmingham Econo Lodge. clemson's quintet of top 50 wins equals the top 50 wins of penn state ohio state and bama that is not a joke clemson is seven and one and life is good welcome back everybody what a weekend in college football uh, we are here to talk about a number of topics today. Uh, we, hot off the press is the college football playoff rankings, um, the first of those. Plenty of action there, a lot online um, going on about that one, so we will get into that. Uh, Clemson's back in the win column after taking on Georgia Tech over the weekend. We've got the NC State game coming up, and a slew of recruiting news has come come off the off the press at this point. I actually want to start there. Uh, Cody, you are our resident expert um, when it comes to recruiting. You You keep track of that pretty closely. What are you hearing these days? We haven't touched on this in a while.
1: Yeah, I thought it'd be best just to simplify it down to offensive line and defensive line. Main reason is because defensive line is an area of need. I think one of the bigger or the biggest things of the 2018 season is or the 17th season, excuse me, has been the success of the defensive line. Cleveland Farrell, we thought he might go to the NFL, Austin Bryant. We had no idea. And Christian Wilkins, we we definitely, or we certainly thought. So it looks like all three of or three of our four starters could be gone. So defensive tackle with Dex returning, with I think Niles Pinkney, Albert Huggins there, we're looking good. But we need some help at defensive end, and I, th- I don't I don't think there's a lot of confidence in Xavier Kelly um, by next year. Justin Foster, maybe Logan Rudolph, maybe I mean, Xavier Thomas is going to come in right away and
0: play. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. in addition to those names, Cody, we, we will have Richard Irigoyen back, right? Which should be a shot in the arm from a depth perspective, but you know he. He'll bring experience, but I think you're right. We're going to need to restock the cover. It's not going to be quite like getting Kelly Bryant back this year, though, with Jurgen Austin
2: Bryant. Austin Bryant.
1: Right, right. I, I say he gives us a plus grade. He's the only one that I think will give us a plus grade. But, yeah, when you're talking about the upside of, like, Cleveland Farrell, Austin Bryant, uh, he's not that level, and he's not going to be, quite frankly. But, and I should say, the recruiter defensive end, expect him to come in year one and be great. The Quan Bowers couldn't do that. Javon Clowney couldn't do that. It's it's unlikely, but we do have the guy that could potentially do it. And that, like you said, Ben, that's Xavier Thomas. He's I watched this film. He's a man among boys at down at IMG Academy, originally from Florence. Consensus five star. Some rate him as the top recruit in the nation. Uh, definitely the top defensive end in the nation. A little bit about like his playing profile. He, he's a little bit smaller, not as long as like a Cleveland Farrell or Austin Bryant, about six three, but has elite speed off the edge. Um, great, great moves. And I think he's improving technique working down at a, at a higher profile school like IMG um, and, and tremendous motor. He's going to be able to do – like not only will he get to the pass rusher or get to the the quarterback, but he'll also be able to play a little bit in space, redirect his body, get on the edge, like you've seen a lot this year from Austin Bryant and Cleveland Farrell. So if there's any chance of anyone to in the whole nation defensive end-wise that can make an impact, it's him.
0: Cody, where do you think um – Brent Venables, I guess, will have him sliding in next year. Where would you see him playing? Would he be weak side,
1: or do you think that's Richard Jurgens territory? I Well, I think they'll use him. It'll probably be, it'll come down to need, the recovery of, of Juergen. I think they see him as strong side would be my guess. I, but I think you can play him at both. And I, Holly, I think he's ready-made size-wise where he doesn't have to necessarily put on weight. And he can set the edge. He can get to the pass rusher. It's just how you want to use him. I think really how the other players come along, guys like Xavier Kelly, um, and as well as a potential recruit, I'll move on to K.J. Henry, who is, is on our radar, another five-star defensive end. He pros, profiles more as your weak side pass rusher, I, I, I believe. Um, both of them could play either side, but he is, again, he's not. He's from North Carolina. He's not a commit, uh, committed guy yet. but It looks like he has Clemson as, as the top team along with Virginia Tech and Alabama. But he's really, really long, great length, uh, great athleticism. Uh, he played basketball, so he's another guy that can play out in space. Um, he's going to be a, a good pass rusher. He doesn't show as much on film, but he has a, such a long stride that he just covers so much ground. And one of the things he, I think he does at an elite level, and I, I, I really haven't seen this, is he uses his size to deflect passes, and that's becoming a big part of – of being a good defensive end, uh, you know, modern football. So, any possibility that you
2: see Clemson at some point next year uh, starting two five-star true freshman defensive ends? I,
1: if if KJ Henry is the other guy, there's a possibility. I would give it. I would say it's probably like a 33% chance. I, I think there's strong odds that both of those guys, if if they commit, hit the two deep, and at least one of them starts. And I imagine for KJ Henry that
0: possibility is going to factor into his decision where to sign. I think so. I, well, Compared to Alabama. He's, I
2: mean, from all accounts, he's always been a Clemson lean. If, uh, you know, Dabo didn't have the policy of when you commit to Clemson, you should, shouldn't be taking your other visits. He probably would have already committed. I think he wanted to play out the process, get his other visits in, see some other schools. But um, everything that we hear is that Clemson has been the front runner for quite some time.
1: I think so. He, he fits well. Uh, just kind of like he likes the culture. He's, he's a good guy. Dad is uh, a, a, um, a running back coach at another school. So, ECU. Yeah, ECU, that's right. So he's he has that pedigree, and that's what you want. You want guys that kind of grew up around football. Their dads have instructed them. Adds another like dynamic culturally that, that helps the team. Coach's sons.
2: You see it with Van Smith.
1: Exactly, exactly. They know the game, and they just they kind of just know how to act in, in that environment, and I think it enhances the culture. Um, I'll mention one other guy who is in any other year would be our top defensive end Recruit, I should say five years ago, ten years ago, it would be our top defensive end recruit. Uh, this year, I don't, I don't want to say he's an afterthought. He's far from that. But it's Justin Maskall. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, sorry. Um, he's, his rankings are kind of – there's conflicting views on where he ranks. But uh, he's four-star, kind of that 3-4 linebacker hybrid that we've seen. Sometimes it's just hard to predict where those tweeners will land because of their weight. He needs to put on a lot of weight. But uh, I think with his upside, 6'4", credible speed – uh, if, I think with our strength and conditioning program, the way that we've developed guys, more of a developmental type prospect, but could make an impact early kind of situationally on past uh, passing downs. But also, I mean, ultimately he could be like by year three or four, could be an all American, all ACC type player, like that type of upside.
0: It'll be interesting for these guys that are sort of on the bubble to see how coach Todd Bates can factor into the recruiting process. Um, losing hobby, losing Brooks. I know we, we, on this show, are Concerned about the ability to have continuity of recruiting, Um, but signs are pointing to this being one of the best, you know, right up there with some of our best DE classes or D-line classes. Um, We
2: can talk about Cade Mays, another five-star guy here on the offensive line here in a bit, but over under, Cody, uh, four five-stars in this class this year.
1: Four and a half? Four and a half. Okay. Yeah, you Um, can tell I don't know how this Vegas (laughs) thing works.
0: Are, you we can, gonna, are we gonna are we sign more than four or four or less? Right, four and a half. So over under is a four and a half.
1: We already have two in the fold uh, with Lawrence and and, uh, and Thomas. Looking good with um Henry's looks Henry. good. That would be a third. And you know I say I say we get four. So four more, yes. So that's between Cade
2: Mays, Patrick Sertain. Are we still in it for him?
1: No, no. But um, there's there's a couple of guys that are that we're kind of just hanging around with and. You know, something I alluded to, I think, over text was our different strategy this year. And we've talked about this on the pod here before, but it's not taking a guy early like we've done just as as, as recently as two years ago, where we're taking a three-star guy early in the process because he wants to be at Clemson, doesn't quite have the upside. What we've done is waited, really starting last year, maybe a little bit the year before, cashed in on some of our, our, our credibility, our the name brand, picked up guys like Isaiah Simmons late in the process, Kaban Wallace and most recently, Travis Etienne. So I think that, in a small sample, has yielded greater dividends than the grab-a-guy early. Um, Because also in their senior year, there's a little bit more projection that needs to happen, and sometimes guys don't work out the way that you thought they would. And sometimes guys like Kevon Wallace comes on and has a monster senior year, jumps from a three-star to a four-star, and heck, he was was helping us as a freshman. So I like that strategy. Um, But this year, I think we have maybe the, I don't know, the, the gravitas or whatever you want to call it, to snag a five-star when we didn't otherwise expect we would.
2: So let's let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. I mean, there's three offensive linemen that Clemson, uh, the, their name, their hat has been tossed into the mix for. Uh, Jamari Sawyer, uh, Jackson Carmen, Cade Mays. Which of the three do you think Clemson has the
1: best shot? I would have never thought I'd say this uh, a month ago or even a week ago, but I think it's Cade Mays at this point. Um, Tennessee legacy, and I think, you know, I... We've talked about this offline. Like it's, it's really tough to go against a, a you know legacy. I think his dad played at Tennessee.
2: Not yeah. when Tennessee sucks as bad as they do, and their coaching. I mean, Butch Jones is not going to be the coach there. Right. It's and if he is, then you're shooting yourself in the foot.
1: It's an extremely volatile situation, and uh, you know I think he not only does that not look good, but Clemson looks great. They have a need at offensive tackle, which is where he plays, and. I think he fits the culture. He's definitely into the, you know, he's kind of got that that Southern vibe, family atmosphere, uh faith is important for him. That's checks all of his boxes. So And doesn't hurt our chances that Tennessee has not yet moved on
0: from Butch Jones. There's some uncertainty there. Everyone knows that's gonna happen at some point. And then what he played with,
1: Amari Rogers. He did. So yeah, Amari so, Rogers was his high school teammate. Is he good friends with Mike Jones? Yeah. So I mean family friends. So that's like, yeah, it's a, a quacking tiger said this in his most recent article, we're in the driver's seat. Never would have thought that. Uh, Jamari Sawyer, on the other hand, I know they said it's kind of like a 50-50. I've heard you know from various sources that say that. I tend to think Georgia holds the cards there. Um, would be tremendous if we snagged just one of these guys, but if, if we could get two, that would be unbelievable. So one more
2: five-star guy on the offensive side of the ball, Justin Ross, the wide receiver. What do you think about him? He's great.
1: He's, uh... Well, what do you
2: think of Clemson's ch- chances with there? Because if we take one of these three offensive linemen, uh, you, 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 you put a check mark next to KJ Henry, there's four or five stars with the two guys we have. We landed Justin Ross. Clemson could have five
1: five star guys uh, in this recruiting class uh, for the first time ever. So it, it's it's tough because as much as it feels like Clemson, it, when you're talking about Alabama and the, the in-state hold of I think Auburn is who uh, he favors, but you also have Alabama right there nipping at their heels. Really yeah. likes he really likes Clemson, and every I mean every good wide receiver wants to go to Clemson. But I, I don't know I just think that in-state pull uh, is going to be too much. But if you get him, he's oh my god between him and T Higgins, uh, that's just those are two NFL players. And it wasn't there talk of Potentially, he
0: chooses the third option, a Clemson, let's say, just to not, you know, stir the pot too much with one fan base or the other.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, just kind of play like Switzerland and yeah. uh, keep it neutral. Go to Clemson. Yeah. And out of out of conference, out of mind. But uh, no, I I think he would be a tremendous pickup. And I think the idea is if you don't have him, there's no one else on the radar. You just you pocket that. Right. You'd let it go to another. He's a great
0: class last year. We I mean, got plenty of depth there. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not hurting for anybody else in the pipeline in, in the 2019 class. Crazy to say and that. Too. Just because I, I love
0: the thought of us continuing to take talent straight out from under Urban Meyer's nose. Jackson Carmen is he 100 percent Ohio State at this point?
1: I don't. I think so. He's another one. I don't see the. I don't. There's no way I can see him leaving Ohio. I don't. I, I don't know that. I don't have any sources. I just. That's just what my gut tells me. And I think what everyone says is he's got Clemson in there as the top tier, but. I think that means very little at the end. I think he's going to Ohio state. Well, we'll see. I
2: wonder, you know, we got the new uh, early signing period this year. I think it's like December 20th through the 23rd. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, what guys come on. We know, uh, I believe Henry, uh, is going to be announcing on the 20th or maybe he's the 15th and somebody else is on the 20th, um, with the intention to sign early. Of so November, uh, no, no of December. Okay. Um, December, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that early signing period works the first year for that. Um, uh, I guess to kind of to close it off, is there any current guy, the 2018 recruitments, any high four-star guys you could see possibly getting a bump up to five stars before it's all said and done?
1: Within our class and I haven't, I'm not looking at it right now, but I don't think so. Um, I think there's guys like Darnell Jeffries. Oh, thanks still he's pointed up. I know Darnell Jeffries was, uh, looked at it in some services as a three-star. It looks like, yeah, Rival still has him as a three-star. There's a reason Alabama wanted him. Clemson really wanted him. And He's a defensive tackle. He's that perfect three-technique, Carlos Watkins. Christian Wilkins can shoot the gap, um, really physically ready already. Uh, he, he could jump up. He certainly is not a three-star player. And then I think Josh Belk would be the other one, another defensive tackle, more of your nose tackle. Uh, DJ Reader, um, Dexter Lawrence. Let's see, who is Josh Belk a hey. – He's a three-star. He is, yeah. So, like, you know, he I think he had some injury issues down in, uh, in you know, senior year of high school. But he's looking the part again. So, like, those are two guys that are definitely going to get that bump. And Not I, sure about the five-star, though. I think I got just your man, B.T. Potter. B.T. Potter. You know, I love
2: recruiting kickers. You know that. Yeah. On on Alex Spence was a, kickers, he was a
0: delight. Kickers with stars. Well, you got to get the right kickers. <laughs> it's hard get to get on Twitter, man. B.T. Potter is hitting him from 400 yards. That's insane. He's He's a three-star kid, too. That's pretty good for a kid. Well, Cody, Cody, thanks for uh, the check-in on recruiting. I think we – let's move back to this season, but always good to know uh, what's going on in the world of restocking the cupboards for the future. I mean, I think you're right. You kicked it off at the beginning with a lot of uncertainty over this team and who will be back based on good seasons so far, guys going into the league, into the draft. So um,
1: I don't want to belabor this here, but I do want to say offensive line, the reason we kind of touched on that, too, is because – Next year we should be okay, but there's a little bit of player development that needs to happen with the with the freshman class this year. And you never know. Like if you look at Mitch Hyatt's year, when we look like we had, like you know, Grand Slam. Only one of those four guys is actually uh, turned into something. And obviously, that's Mitch Hyatt. Um, you know, we're lucky with Ankram and Pollard. But this previous year, we don't know what we have with Matt Backhorst, um, Blake Vinson, and Noah DeHaan. We don't know yet, but we you can only really you know, factor in one of those guys being a really good player, probably two actually being rotational players. So you got to hit numbers a numbers game. It yeah. is numbers game. And if we don't land uh, at least one or two really good players, it's potentially leaving us kind of high and dry. I mean, you know, we're looking a long way down the road, but in the two thousand probably 2020 season.
0: I mean, I think that's where we need to think about what are the plan Bs that the coaching staff has in place with, you know, maybe the next year down. Is that an in-state play? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, there's there's McFadden out of Dorman who's like three star
2: committed to Virginia Tech. But Come on now, be be nice to to the Gamecocks. You got to leave them something in
1: state, something to brag about. <laughs> yeah, they're they're still not the three stars out from under us. But no, that is like kind of the you know the risk of going all in with some of these five stars and then trying to make your way down to that second tier of guys. You slow played them. The the team that's been recruiting them the whole way, like Virginia Tech, they're gonna let let that player know, hey, you're their second option. You were our first. So then you gotta, you know. And Clemson's
2: gonna let you know we've been in the college football playoff hunt three years in a row. I
1: mean, that's essentially what they did with with McFadden. So uh, you know, he's I think he's gonna lean towards Clemson, but I, so I think they'll be okay. But I think just from the sheer needing the quality of offensive lineman of like a Cade Mays or Jackson Carmen, we need that at Clemson. We you know, you can't develop guys every year to be. You know, all Americans, they have to come in at some point just being damn good. Right.
0: Cool. Before we move on to Georgia Tech, actually, wanted to take a chance to thank our listeners. Um, you guys are what keeps us going here on the podcast. Um, we really appreciate the word of mouth and the uh, engagement that we've had online. I uh, want to, in particular, thank Andrew Watts, been a longtime supporter of the podcast, listening for over two years since we started. Looks like Andrew's from Houston, so good luck to him. Um, re- cheering on Deshaun Watson. I mean, you basically hit the jackpot, getting to root for him for your team. So, uh, thanks a lot, Andrew. Uh, yeah. And a couple, uh,
2: pretty cool ones here. You know, we've had two weeks off, so we've been hearing from a lot of people. Um, one, you know, you know any of you guys that follow us on Facebook, we, um, uh, gentleman reached out to us. He's a Clemson alum. He was in the ROTC at Clemson. He's currently serving, uh, in the middle East. Uh, and he sent us a nice message and a nice photo. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, it, you know, not surprisingly, I think was our most liked post ever on Facebook. Uh, so that was pretty cool to see that, uh, you know, he's there overseas, uh, protecting our freedom, uh, listening to the podcast. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and appreciate his service. Um, keep listening, man. Um, and then Rob Matthews. So We get a text. We get we get an email from a guy, not a Clemson fan, never stepped foot in the United States. He's from West Ireland. Uh, he somehow got into college football and started diving in and got into Clemson. And he said he found us uh, somehow just through interest and started listening to the show. And we got a great email from him. Had some good correspondence back and forth. And I mean that's that's just really cool. I mean we're we're three guys in San Francisco and just to know that some guy in Ireland who just, you know, finds us as a fluke and, and was, is listening and joining the show. It's pretty cool.
1: It's really cool too. He, he started liking college football and of all the teams that he picked, he said it was, it was Clemson that he picked because of tradition and obviously, uh, you know, us, uh, being like the up and comer upsetting Alabama. So, yeah, that was so, cool.
2: So we're trying to persuade him to actually, when he comes to the States, uh, hopefully come to a Clemson game. And if that happens, uh, we need to set up a big tailgate for him. Let him uh, show him how Clemson
0: does it. Yeah, for sure. We'll keep track of that. Probably for next season would be my guess. But,
1: um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Cody, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to be at the game for Florida State, and uh, I'm going to be passing out free beer, T-shirts, and swag, swag bags. So if anyone wants to come meet me, email the podcast at clemson at, at gmail.com, and uh, I'll, I'll probably come through on maybe one of those promises.
2: I think this is a trick. It is Halloween. I don't think he's going to come through any of
0: those promises. Cody will be there. So. I will be at the game, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's your promise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good stuff. On to Georgia Tech. <laughs> All right. So, guys, uh, Clemson came back after the bye week. Long time off. I think we had a lot of question marks coming into this game. And I want to get both of your just initial impressions after this victory from, from Clemson. Um, maybe take yourself back to the mindset of coming off Syracuse, a lot of the uncertainty. How do you think they did? Um,
2: well, I, I, I didn't I mean they did what they were supposed to do, and they did it in the rain, which, uh, to be honest, favored Georgia Tech. But Brent Venables has showed it now. Like, Paul Johnson's got nothing on him. He cannot – his offense does not work against Brent Venables and the level of talent that this defense has. On the offensive side of the ball, it was great to see Kelly Bryant back out there he ran well, no signs of injury, uh, actually threw the ball pretty well considering the conditions. Um, overall, I, it was a very positive game. I know people are going to gripe and moan uh, about the offense kind of, you know, going going silent there in the second half, and for, for good reason. I mean, there's some issues there, and we can talk about that here in a little bit with um, what kind of blows up some of Clemson's um, drives. But for the most part, the offense did what they had to do to win. They looked did some really good things, especially in the rain, and overall I was very pleased with the game
1: it just seems like every year we get a little bit better at defending this triple option. And I think, I mean, we, we talked about it before, Venables defense is just, it's tailor-made to, you know, to shoot your gap, uh, get off your block and find your assignment. Um, it's perfect for defending the triple option. And I think like we're, we're really lucky to get to watch Christian Wilkins and uh, Dorian O'Daniel to have got two guys that are as good as anyone at doing it. And uh, I mean, I think we're, we have some guys in the pipeline in the, in the following years that'll be able to supplant them and, and we can still shut down this option, but it's really, it's really just fun watching them play against yeah, it, this Georgia tech offense.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're Paul Johnson and you're scheming in the off season, your number one focus has to be how do you beat Clemson's defense at this point? Everybody else doesn't matter um, if you can't get past them, but, but listen to these numbers. We
0: actually, I think he's, we, I think we, he's content to just take the L, try to get his wins elsewhere. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> and, win, and
2: win the, uh, the coastal division, yeah. Um I mean, we actually were a little bit worse this year. We held them to under 100 yards last year, and they were just under 200 on the ground uh, this year. But, but listen to these numbers. In the past three years against Paul Johnson and, and their triple option offense, we've limited them to 364 total yards, and we had 29 tackles for losses total combined in the past three years. That's absolutely amazing. For an offense like that, I mean, they, I think they probably averaged more than 364 yards a game over the past three years running
0: the ball until they run into Clemson. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it, obviously the the dominant defensive performance um, was one of my big takeaways. You know, you heard Christian Wilkins after the game be like, this felt like playing football in the rain, you know, as a kid growing up and being like, "Can we have 10 more minutes to play outside. Uh, so you could tell they were having a lot of fun, you know, swag surfing, all that uh, was great to see. But for me, you know, the biggest highlight of this game and takeaway, and I want to comment for a second about the fact that if you were not in the Southeast or maybe the East Coast, you'd You couldn't see the first quarter of this game unless you went back and rewatched it. Um, Super frustrating experience with ESPN. But You could watch on the app online, picked it up, because we were watching on our phones. I had trouble finding it even on the app.
2: Um, Yeah, we had trouble at first. But yeah, even whatever cable TV provider you had, for some reason, they had a glitch and they were playing OU Texas Tech. Although I was on Twitter, um, which happens very rarely. Um, I actually (laughs) tweeted at ESPN. I was so mad. there were people in Texas that were getting Clemson games on both channels.
0: Lucky, super lucky. Well, yes, um, unless
2: you're a Texas tech fan or an Oklahoma yeah, that's, that's fan living in Texas. Yeah. true.
0: Well, that was not my highlight, but that was a quick side gripe. But, um, apparently, and what we saw throughout the game was just the intensity of this team back. Um, uh, I think, you know, Georgia tech is an above average team at least. Um, and you know, this Clemson team is just so far overmatched from a talent perspective, but they came to play. I thought they were firing on all cylinders early and, you know, we, we, we got back to kind of Clemson football in this game.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's on the defensive side of the ball, there's, yeah, I rewatched the game. There's not much more that you can say other than the fact that the entire team did their job. They, They, they played so disciplined. Um, and these aren't the same guys that were there three years ago either. It's not like, you know, guys have been playing against this for three years. You know, some guys played last year, obviously, but, they're just rotating in him. The talent difference in Brent Venables' scheme and his ability to defend this type of offense is absolutely absolutely stunning. Trey Lamar, fantastic game. Led the team tackle for losses, um, had 11 on the day. And that's a guy last year that I don't even think saw the light of day maybe against Georgia Tech because you wouldn't be able to trust him.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was interesting too. Um, Lamar did have one of his better games. It was fun to watch him. And uh, I think Alex Kraft pointed out they did something. added a new wrinkle. Venables added a new wrinkle this year where – he did uh, like these stack sets where you actually right. have Venables behind uh, Trey Lamar to kind of clean up the mess. You know uh, uh, who behind Joseph? Trey Lamar? Or, I'm sorry, Joseph Kendall Joseph. <laughs> yeah, you know. That wouldn't. It looked like, like Venables th- might be out there. <laughs> he wanted to play. You can you tell he was. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it seems like his intensity. I don't want to say it's like any more or less than other games, but he, he's really uh, he, he enjoys coaching against that triple option. Uh, yeah, he tells
2: you he doesn't. But, you know, when Venables wakes up on a Saturday morning knowing that he's about to go defend Georgia
0: Tech in the rain, he's excited. Absolutely. Um, Well, maybe, I guess, sticking, we've we've touched on the defense quite a bit here. Um, Interestingly, we had um, a good bit of depth coming into this game. But um, something that I wanted to talk about that might linger into the NC State game could be the injuries to Mark Fields and ongoing um, Mark Sedman. Guys, in this game, we saw um, a lot of Trayvon Mullen and then Isaiah Simmons. Um, no, definitely Isaiah Simmons, but um, uh, t- sorry, AJ Terrell. Terrell. Yeah, yeah um, at the corner position. I think NC State gives you a lot of different profile than obviously Georgia Tech does in the passing game. But is this a big area of concern for you going forward? I think Fields'
2: injury bothers me. I mean, we do have, you know, Ryan Carter has been playing phenomenal. Uh, AJ Terrell is a heck of a talent and he's only getting better as the season goes on. But, you know, as you know, we've mentioned it as the season's gone along um, and part of this is, you know, uh, kind of a reaction in college football to Clemson having so much depth at the wide receiver position is you're starting to see teams like to build a lot of depth at their cornerback position uh, because more teams are cycling in and out uh, talented wide receivers more often. Uh, so to keep them fresh, you want more guys out there. So as the depth starts that's to – That's how we burn Ohio State. Yeah, and as the depth starts to take a hit, you know, you have a Mark Fields go out for a couple of games. Marcus Edmonds still hasn't returned yet. Um, you may have a little bit of concern. Um, NC State, their wide receiver uh, talent has gotten better over the last couple of years, and they're bringing in some tall guys, um, guys that are 6'2 plus. Um, so, yeah, that is that's something a bit of concern. D-line, no, not worried about it. Linebackers, no, not worried about it. Uh, secondary a little bit
1: yeah I mean cornerbacks and and safeties in this game will have or not to go too far into NC State but they'll have to be disciplined so uh they'll they'll probably look to exploit not the like any type of talent like our second string guys are you know cornerbacks are five-star guys high four-star guys so uh you know it's good we got them we got them experienced earlier in the season we're already seeing the you know the benefits of that but they also have to be disciplined. I, I do. I do worry a little bit, but at the same time, uh, you know, sometimes you take talent over experience too. Well, on bottom line, the focusing on this game in particular, there's not really a lot that we learned from the Georgia Tech game
2: in the secondary. Other than that, Isaiah, Isaiah Sim has actually played pretty well.
0: Right, for sure. Um, and you we're unlikely to face the same type of offense going forward. So,
2: yeah, I don't think uh,
0: Navy is going to make make the playoff. make, the, make the playoff for Wofford. Indeed. Um, any other highlights? I mean, I th- I think for me, Kelly Bryant's play was obviously a huge question mark coming into this game. Primarily that ankle, and um, I think a lot of us were concerned about if he was really in the you know eighty percent range of health that he himself claimed middle of the week last week. You know, could that quickly deteriorate into the you know, a much much worse um, sort of version of Kelly Bryant, and what does that mean for this offense? I could not tell any type of a- ankle you know a- ankle effect in this game. Uh, which is really amazing considering the conditions of the field.
2: Yeah, that was really great to see him moving uh, so fluidly, no pun intended there. Um, And it it has become more and more apparent how valuable he is to this Clemson offense and how we still, I think, vastly underestimate what he can do. And look no further than Clemson's number four uh, initial ranking in the college football playoff. Um, for evidence of what the college football world thinks about Kelly Bryant's talent and what he means to the team.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it, it's, it's quite clear, you know, it's not just his value. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's his threat of the run and it opens up so much. We saw it with Deshaun Watson at times when it was clear that we were going to allow him to run um, with Kelly Bryant, you know, he, he's always got the green light. They're always going to be doing uh, RPOs and in zone reads for him. So it opens up so much. It makes every guy on the team better. Well, to
2: top it off,
1: he is such a much better
2: passer than I ever thought he would
1: be. Right. And I, I said, this earlier. I'm now a Kelly Bryant believer because he's making tough passes. Some that like it really did. It probably took him two years to get the timing down. to right. get feel comfortable in the pocket, but he's got it down. And those are really, really hard to, for any college defense to defend. I
2: mean, working on the deep ball again, hard to tell in this game, you know, when he's going for a deep ball to DeAndre Overton and he overthrows him. If his timing's down, you know, as such, DeAndre's going to be running faster on a dry field, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Deion Kane, on the other hand, Deion, Deion, Deion. Deion needs to pull it together, stop dropping balls, start laying out for balls. His talent ceiling is so high He's not living up to it. He's still making some great plays. The first touchdown, that uh, quick little move back inside to get around the defender. I love that we went to him twice on the first two plays. Um, ended up in a touchdown. Um, but Deion has to step it up and play better. You're going to start seeing more of DeAndre
0: Overton on the field, and rightfully so. You should. I think you do get a little Jekyll and high with Kane, but actually that play you referenced, Ben, was one I wanted to talk about is the Kelly Bryant effect in that they were sending you know two you got, I think a double linebacker bullet blitz on that play and um, to try to go after Kelly Bryant. And still the corner that was matched up with Deion Kane motioned toward the line when Kelly sort of stepped forward. Um, and Deion was able to get, you know, even just that half a step on him and and get by. So I think that, again, the threat of the run, even if the rest of the defense otherwise should have a containment, you know, is enough. Kelly Bryant can get through those pretty easily that the secondary is constantly obsessed with, keeping him keeping an eye on him and again i can open things up yeah i mean again it's it's his running ability
2: is so key to the success of this clemson offense um it kind of sucks that you know we're that reliable on one thing Uh, but at the same time it's like last year the success of the clemson offense relied solely on deshaun watson so you're gonna have players like that um and it's natural that it's the quarterback position so here we are again Bottom line, Kelly Bryant has surpassed all of our expectations this year, and kudos to the kid, man. He's the leader of this team. He's the quarterback of this team, um, and be confident in him. I, I think we're going to go far as long as he's healthy.
1: Yeah, it, it, and I think I think there's uh, he's he's poised he didn't have that last year. I mean, you know, limited time. That's sometimes you just don't have the confidence. Uh, and there, like, there's a the leadership aspect. I think people on the team believe in him. The receivers, the offensive line believes in him. And I think that that matters. Uh, he's not Deshaun Watson, but uh, he's I mean, we can win. We can win championships with him. So,
2: so here's here's one way in which he's not Deshaun Watson. Uh, last year, uh, the previous two years, when we would have some long down to distance situations, um, on, whether it be early downs or like a third and 10 or something like that, I was supremely confident in Watson being able to make a play, whether with his legs or with his arm, uh, to get us out of that long yard situation that keeps drives going. The problem this year with this Clemson offense, and this isn't necessarily on Kelly Bryant, but drives are stalling when there are critical errors um, early on early downs that set us up for second and long, third and long. This game in particular, stalled drives, well, one included the Etienne fumble, ETN fumble. We still can't get that right. Uh, there was a drive with a Greenlee holding call, setting up a first and 20. That was brutal. Um, On the first day of the drive, we were deep in our own territory. Um, There's Kane that had a false start to set up a second and 12 from midfield. Uh, T. Higgins had a drop on what would have been a first down. Uh, Throw was a little bit behind him, but you got to catch that ball. Um, Kane was called with a questionable pass interference on a deep ball to set up first and 25. There was the shotgun snap that hit Rodgers in motion to set up second and 25. So this team just hasn't shown the ability yet to overcome those first and second along situations. And then we're setting up with third and long. We're just, you know, those are obviously lower accuracy or, or lower percentage uh, it makes. You want to be third and five or less, uh, ideally. So that's something they just need to work in. You need to cut out those critical mistakes. Again, not at all on Kelly Bryant for the most part. This is a team-wide thing. This is a focus thing. Um, you start to pull those things together, and you're going to see these drives um, uh, be sustained more often, and Clemson has a very good percentage of scoring win in the wet red zone this year, scoring touchdowns that is, not field goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I don't want to, I don't want let the team entirely off the hook for the conditions of the field and the the score of the game and the the situation of the game where the defense just once again had the boa constrictor going to use Cody's sort of metaphor there, but um, we're unlikely to kind of face the similar conditions going forward. But I do think when you when you go on the road. It's not a night game this coming week, but you do need to maintain that high level of focus, and we cannot give up. Basically, we can't lose first down to an NC State that's a much better opponent. Right,
2: and the weather has nothing to do with holding calls, false starts, pass interferences, and whatnot. Right, shouldn't you're right exactly. Um, and half this game's to be played at night this week, so the
0: atmosphere will still be there. Indeed, um, but again, you know, I think in this in this condition. We weren't likely to learn a heck of a lot about this football team. I think we—it was nice to see a return. You know, didn't look at all like the Syracuse game. Looked a lot like you know some of the games before it. Um, a little bit more like a Virginia Tech style game. A little bit more like the Wake Forest game. So um, good to see that from this team. Um, was nice to see a play-action pass to Mylon Richard up the middle. I think that's a play that um, we got got really spoiled watching the likes of Dwayne Allen run for a while and Jordan Leggett last year. Last two years, really. So um, good to see the tight end more involved in the offense. Cannon Smith got a catch in the game. He's that a few. Yeah, with Garrett Williams out, he's going to be playing a lot more.
2: Um, one other thing on this offense uh, that I'll point out is a positive in this game Screen game, much improved. Uh, The coaching staff had two weeks off to try to figure this out, and it's actually been mentioned over the past couple weeks by several media outlets covering Clemson that they will point to the last couple seasons how the screen game was slow to get going early on the year, but we stuck with it as it's such a big part of our offense and eventually started to open up. Um, A a couple different things that I saw in this game, one was wide receivers double-teaming defenders um, and being able to isolate one guy with two wide receivers. Um, we found some success there. And then there was one screen play where uh, they delayed the throw into the lineman, actually got out there to a block around the edge, three linemen out to block for Ray Ray. It was on a pretty good catch and run on the first drive of the third quarter. So we start seeing that that screen game start to become effective and stop making some of these other little mistakes. This offense is on the precipice of really exploding, I think.
0: I think part of that's going to be timing. So Kelly Brown getting his timing down, getting his chemistry down with the pass catcher, be it, you know, Ray Ray or whoever it is. And that can be the difference between and placement of the ball, obviously, too. That can be the difference with, you know, a loss behind the line or even a fumble and, you know, daylight. Yeah,
2: and I'm telling you, this, this offense is very close. And if they turn the corner, combine that with our defense, watch out. We don't have to worry about the kicking game until we play in the college football playoff, and it might be different.
1: I'll point to the time off, like you you mentioned, Ben, the coaching staff uh, finding little things that they're good at and, and ways to maximize things that they're not good at, like the screen game. And I, I think it bodes well in the, in the in kind of a situation like a playoff where you have, a, what, a month, four weeks before the playoff game and then another 10 days before a championship game. I like our odds if somehow – I don't like us week to week sometimes – there's a little volatility there. There's a Syracuse game that can jump up and bite you, but I think this, like even dating back to the Oklahoma game in the Russell Athletic Bowl, Skellia, they're good. They know what they're doing. I just give them a little bit more time uh, and, and and time to implement and install everything.
2: And they're working. I like on, our odds. They're working on a new identity this year, and Kelly Bryant is is still getting up to speed. It's it's only going to get better because this team is way too talented, and they haven't sustained any injuries, major injuries.
0: Um, aside from you know earlier with Kelly Bryant and his ankle,
2: which seems to be healed, I think what's nice
0: too at this point of the season, we're gonna have another you know tough road opponent this time. It'll go late into the evening and set on Saturday. They'll get back late on Sunday. After that, you get Florida State. Then you have Citadel. Then you have South Carolina. Um, you know, the rest on this bye week rejuvenated this team. And ideally, coming up, some of our opponents will be maybe on the lower end of the spectrum of. You know, talent level and, and, it, and toughness. It
2: refocused the team, too. Um, and now, with when when those college football playoff rankings out, you start to realize, okay, now it's real. Something is on the line. We have to stay in that top four. You're going to see them focus week in and week in out, and if not, there's no excuses for it. Um, but got the time off. I think it's exactly what we needed. I think it's be very similar to the pit game and how we responded to that last year. I'm very high on this team right now. Obviously, a lot higher than I was after the loss to Syracuse.
0: I want to wrap with one sort of comment um, that we got during the football game on Twitter, and I'll shout out the guy that um, tweeted it to us. He was like, "Hey, how worried should we be that we're just not putting teams away? That we're not, you know, icing this game? We're not getting that like knockout blow. Seems to obviously be the style of this team where we just go up with the lead, we sit on it, we get a little conservative on offensive play calling." I don't know if that's entirely the case in this game. There were obviously mistakes and drives. Yeah,
2: we did it last year, though. And last year, we were letting people hang around. This year, we're getting a lead, and we're holding it for the most part. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. And, again, you, we've been cycling in more guys this year. We didn't do it as much in the Georgia Tech game, but we've been cycling more guys in to get them experience. when it be, When it comes crunch time...
0: I, I guess my question, though, Ben, is, like, have we seen this offense play a four quarter game yet?
2: Well, year? so, so my concern is not putting teams away. My main concern is can this team, can this offense put together a game winning drive when they need to, because they're going to have to do it at some point. You look at last year, even with Deshaun Watson, even with Mike Williams and Artavis Scott and Wayne Gallman, Louisville, FSU and Bama, we all had to put uh, together a game winning drive. Um, and, and then NC state had to take them to overtime. So, can this offense do that? That's the one thing we don't know yet.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I would say the defense has gotten better this year. I think anyone, I think most people would agree with that. Aside from Syracuse, so I think it's all strategic. I really do. I mean, yeah, there's there's some errors, there, but you know, the rain was a factor in the Georgia Tech game, but we went conservative against in Vanilla. We went, uh, you know, bland, whatever you want to call it, against Wake, Boston College. And really, at various points, I guess, for uh, Louisville, seemed like the one game where we sustained it throughout. But, uh, all, you know, all, all throughout the season, that's what we've done. And I think it's just more a greater reliance on the defense. Like, we were up by 14, and did anyone feel like that game was like in reach for Georgia Tech?
2: And I know Bama's blowing out everybody, and if you're a Clemson fan, you'd love to see Clemson do that as well. But one, Bama's competition isn't. Um, is good at what Clemson's been playing. And two, I think you're going to learn a lot. Clemson's going to learn a lot more from them, their team by playing in a little bit closer contest, getting other guys out there, to get more reps to build depth than Bama is going out and being Vanderbilt 50 to
0: nothing. Right. And later on in the show, when we talk about the college football playoff rankings and kind of where Clemson is and looking ahead, I think now you said it earlier, Ben, we kind of know what's at stake. We know where we are in, on, in the pecking order. And I don't think to this point the coaches and staff has cared one lick about style points or margin of victory or you know box scores, if you will. Maybe that changes, knowing that we've got a little bit of a slimmer margin for error here, but to answer the, the tweet, no, not concerned. The Ws are all that matter, and for the
1: most part, except for the one anomaly, we're getting those. They're not all that matter, but we're going to talk about that in just a second. Indeed. We do not control our own destiny.
2: A conspiracy theorist here.
1: <laughs> the playoff committee controls our destiny, but um, we'll, we'll go into more detail as to why. So
2: we talk about special teams just for a second. Sure you, until you and I were talking about the kicking situation. Um, you know, it came out that uh, we, we brought on Drew Costa, a guy who tried out for the team before the, the team, uh, the coaching staff like he sustained an injury and so kind of fell off the radar there, but you know, given the struggles of Alex Spence, tell you asked me, we were, we were talking about during this game, especially on that last drive uh, that Hunter Johnson was leading. Um, do you, I know you're up uh, how many ever 14 points and clearly going to win the game. I don't think it's an offense to Paul Johnson and Georgia Tech if you have Alex Spence line up
0: for a 35, 40 yard field goal just to get him, get him some more practice. I'm all for that, Ben, and I, you know, that maybe there's a, a question mark out there around if he goes in and misses that kick, does that affect him down the line in confidence? And I, in I pers- bad conditions. In bad conditions, et cetera. I, I kind of think you're able to say, look, it was bad conditions, it was an end of game situation. Um, I mean at this point Even like, if he makes it in bad conditions, but like, look, man, you did strong. it in bad conditions. I, I mean, I'd have to look up the numbers. What has he made? Three three. He's made three out of maybe seven attempts, something like that. So I would say I'm not sure where his confidence is on a 100 point scale but you know I think you got you got to take your shots on so about a 3 <laughs> the <That's, that's laughs> same as a 3 exactly. Uh, you got to take well, your shots and, and the we other thing, also need to know what we have. Well, you know? the
2: snaps, the the snaps have been a little shaky this year. I mean, Will Sweeney has done a heck of a job corralling those in his first year as the holder. Um Do you guys know I don't know our long
0: snapper offhand.
2: It's a new oh, guy this okay. year, you know, by the time he's a senior I'm,
0: I'll I'll know his name. I won't be able to pronounce it right, but I'll know it. Anyway, yeah. So Will Sweeney's done a great job kind of corralling those those high snaps or off 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 the mark snaps. So that's great. Um anyway, yeah, I think kicking game, man, I hope we don't need need a field goal to win a game at any point. Yeah, I just I mean, I think at this point your game plan has to be
2: it's four down territory. Um you know, when you're from the 30 on.
0: Absolutely. Um well, good win against Georgia Tech. We will move on, uh, guys. Why don't we talk about NC State next, and let's wrap with the playoff. <laughs> NC State coming in, they themselves off a loss to Notre Dame. I think you know clearly they they still control. Um, they're they're kind of tied up with Clemson in terms of, or actually they they're in the lead, I guess, if if you want to call it that, in the Atlantic race. Um, so this one is the de facto Atlantic Championship game um, against the Wolfpack. Um, will be a 3:30 kick local time. Thankfully, that's not a, a later kick for us, um, but it is something that you know it's it's going to be maybe our most challenging league game of the season uh, going on the road up there. Um, it's either this one or Virginia Tech, and um, you know let's call this one a, a very important game. Um, but that said, you know Notre Dame I think put put a lot out there in terms of how to beat this team. I think a team that is very capable at running the ball can expose that defense. Um, And I think that, you know, a very aggressive defense can also contain some of the weapons that NC State has on offense. Um, We are no question the more talented team, but, you know, NC State crazier things have happened than a team like this. Um, You know, they they're playing for their full season. They're they're out of the playoff consideration with that second loss. But, you know, they win this game. They're into likely the Peach Bowl. Right. So um, actually, whatever the New Year's Six Bowl would be that the ACC gets into, probably the Orange Bowl, I guess it would be. Um, so well
2: it depends on who the other division winner is but yeah I mean they, they, they still have a lot to play for this season I mean NC state isn't Clemson like when you have two losses and you have a four games left in your schedule like it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of like you still have a lot left to play for well especially uh, the state of their program yeah exactly yeah. problem is for NC State is they just went to Notre Dame and got beat up they sustained a lot of injuries that game their morale has to be down they were up 14 to seven um early on in that game and never scored again. Uh, so if you're NC State, your your psyche is a little messed up right now. Uh, You don't know about your running back, Naheem Hines. Um, He's injured. They had three different defensive linemen go down. Uh, They're not sure about Justin Jones. uh, He's their most disruptive interior lineman. Uh, They're in Darian Roseboro was in crutches in the fourth quarter. So we've been talking about this NC State defensive line all year and how good they are. Well, they just sustained some injuries, and then your running back goes down. Um, And then you see you get some pressure on Finley, what that can do. Uh, NC State may have gotten exposed and they got
1: beat up a little bit. I agree. And I think, you know, you mentioned it, Telly, the running game. uh, Wim Bush, quarterback for Notre Dame. uh, And I can't remember, Josh Adams, I believe, is running back, um, quarterback running back. A lot of option stuff, stuff that we can do with Kelly Bryant, not a similar offense, but just in the the options and in the running game. Really threw NC State for a loop. How much of that had to do with, like, like you talked about the injuries, Ben. I, um, their interior lineman started, defensive tackle was out. But all I saw from them was uh, a really like, a really good defensive end in Bradley Chubb. And, you know, it didn't seem like there was a lot of help in the back, kind of the back seven linebackers or, or their secondary. And I think that's the book on them. Like, if they don't make a great play uh, from their front four, then they could potentially be exposed, and if you're if you can do some stuff in the running game to to throw them off, which we're capable of doing, then you know you're gonna have some well, success.
2: And, and guess what? You know we talk about this. You know we've talked about it over the past few years how Clemson has been conservative with the play calling early on the season, done what they had to do to win games because you have these bigger games later in the year. Um, this year it seemed to be that Florida State game. Not anymore. It's this NC State game. Uh, the offense isn't going to hold anything back in this one. This is again the de facto conference. Uh, or the Atlantic uh, Division Championship game, yep. uh, you're going to see new wrinkles thrown out there. You're going to see this offense uh, have the playbook wide open for this game, and you're probably not going to see quite as much substituting uh, between the first and, and second string guys.
0: Uh, I I will say, Ben. I mean, I, I think I want to applaud the coaching staff for the rotations they did on the O line in this Georgia Tech game. I think it was their most complete best game of the year from the O-line. No, they played amazing. Great to see that at this point of the season, obviously maybe some of that was in the extra coaching during the bye week or the open date week. But, um, that bodes well coming into this in this matchup.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, offensive line played really good against Georgia Tech. Kelly Bryant had time in the pocket. They also rolled him out a good bit, which what I, I've been asking for. You get him out there with his legs away from some of that pressure. That's how you can counteract some of that because not only is he dangerous with his arm, he actually throws the ball pretty well on the run.
0: Um and also he can do something with his legs out there. So right. and, uh, and to your point, if they're if they're banged up, if they're if they're battered and bruised a bit. Um, let's hit him with some of the tempo that we saw in this Georgia Tech game, too. Yeah, exactly. And we've developed more. I mean, they're good on defense.
2: They're not as deep on defense as we are on on you know defense on that side of the ball. So we'll see. I'm actually – I'm a lot more positive about this game than I have been at any other point uh, in this season. Um, I took the South Carolina game as an anomaly at NC State, just pulling an NC State and losing a game they shouldn't lose, um, which is – that's now on them. Um <laughs> Uh, but after Notre Dame, it, they've been exposed a little bit, and um, again, feeling really confident about Clemson right now.
1: Yeah, I think I think it just goes, you know, look, looking at their talent throughout, they're they have a lot of talent, kind of like Clemson of yesteryear, like it's sprinkled throughout the roster. But by midseason, when you have weaknesses like in your secondary, um, when you don't have depth, which you know a lot, of, not, not many teams have Clemson's Florida State's type depth. Um, those things get exposed, and that's what's looking like it's happening to yeah. this team, and, and not a you know not a top ten team probably like we once may have thought.
2: No, but I mean you look
1: at you
2: know you do look at that defense and that defensive line. I mean that that is key for them. And Clemson, if Clemson's going to do well in this game. They they still need to establish the the running game and be dominant on that front. Um, you know Notre Dame's Josh Adams was the first back to go over 100 yards on NC State's defense this year, and he did it in the first half. Um. So I, you still got to pound it on the ground. So I, I look to see us, uh, be balanced still I and mean, don't become one dimensional. Obviously, you know what you're gonna do with Kelly Bryant's legs, but uh, you know. And, and then if you throw it on first down, make it, uh, high percentage plays high percentage passes don't well, i
1: think that's a theme of our offense generally it's just putting like those high percentage opportunities in kelly Bryant's but we've, hands.
2: we struggled in some games uh, we did it against syracuse where we were had some throws on first down and we would not make them and we'd be second and 10 and that was it we weren't going to get a first down so play smart and that's where the, the developing screen game really helps because you can get six yards on first down with that and that, that's a world of difference in being second and 10 versus second and four.
1: And I, I don't know. You guys can pull up the numbers, but Notre Dame was able to run at will against NC State. And I, I couldn't believe 318 it. Three hundred eighteen yards. Yeah, it, it was. The, and and Wimbush is actually much uh, the lesser in terms of uh, his passing ability compared to Kelly Bryant. So, like they, you know, talk about one dimensional. They were one dimensional. They knew they were going to run, and they still had trouble stopping it just because of uh, the, you know, the, the combination of Adams and, and Wimbush. And I, I think we have. Is equally a you know daunting of a of a duo with whether it's Edian or if it's Feaster along with Kelly Bryant. He's got to be healthy. I know that's going of get boring throughout hearing that throughout this year, but KB's got to be healthy because you have to fear his his running threat.
0: How do we feel about their offense against our defense? What I'll say I I know Clemson has a better defense than Notre Dame. NC State scored seven points on offense this weekend. They had a touchdown on a block punt. Ryan Finley you know, capable quarterback. He's kind of the, um, maybe not as pesky as a Phillip rivers or, um, Glennon, you know, that they've had in the past. Um, but he's right in that ilk, I would say. And, um, you know, they've got some strong receivers, you know, they got some good talent there. That's probably the the highlight of their team and their but offense. But does he have nine kids? I hope not. Phillip, I don't think so. It's a
2: Phillip rivers joke. Huh? Yeah. You know, he's got like, oh, nine yeah. kids. I got it. About um, that. Did you get it?
0: Yeah. I, Yes, like on paper, they're they have talent. They can kind of pick us apart a little bit. But a year ago, I think it was best case scenario for them. They had, I think we had Dorian O'Daniel go out with a targeting call a year ago. It was just a very odd game. They played ball control. We were not. We turned it over a lot. We were not scoring, and um, that's that's how they stayed in that game last year. Matt Days, he had a great game against Clemson last year. He's gone. Um, you mentioned um, Naheem Hines. Hines may um, maybe banged up for this. I think he's gonna go in this game, but. But we see see what happens to a guy with a sprained ankle.
2: And that's what he's got. So yeah, when your legs are your biggest, I mean, that's your asset,
0: especially with him, that's his only asset. Exactly. I I think that's going to be hurt because of that. X-factor for them in this game is going to be Jalen Samuels. I think we've seen this year the number one option for some of our opponents have been able to get loose on Clemson's defense. Um, I'm spacing on the guy from Wake's name. Um, But you also had Cam Phillips from Virginia Tech kind of get his to some extent um, and I think you know for to a certain level I'm okay with that I mean if provided we're otherwise controlling this offense and you know they're not scoring it well
2: well it's not just Samuels you know Kelvin is their leading wide receiver um, they've got a couple other again to mention tall wide receivers that that's going to create some difficult matchups for Clemson I do fear some some pass interference calls in this game um, but again make them one dimensional uh, one dimensional by stuffing the run game I don't think it that big of a factor
1: agreed I, and I, th- I think if you look back the last we could call it four years um what what team has beat us through the air we're like wow we would have we would have beat that team granted we have, there haven't been a lot of losses but we would have beat that team had we been able to stop their air attack there, there's not one you, you can look at some rushing attacks uh Dalvin cook being one Matt days you mentioned Derek him Henry. Tully yeah Derek Henry um, and that's just kind of the byproduct of a great offensive system and offensive line in Alabama but it's these one cut backs where you have uh, our over penetrating at times defense where a guy makes that one cut and he's got breakaway speed. They don't have that this year. And they, again, days was the guy last year or the last two years, I guess. And I don't know. I'm just not as fearful. If they have to beat us through the air, then that's, that's what I'd rather them beat us. And and I'd be okay with that, but I I don't, I don't see that happening either. Just as, as Ben was saying, we'll probably send help, uh, double teams or double coverage back there with, with four guys that can stop the run up front. The
0: only weird thing, two years ago, Jacoby Brissett was their quarterback. NC State gave us a game and we had a great defense then. I think they were a fully healthy, fully capable offense, and they're, they're not that this year. Um, last year we saw that happen. So maybe there's a little bit of a thing here. I mean, Ryan Cantor talked my ear off in the beginning of the year about how they never beat us. They've beaten us once in the last like 11 years. People have this myth at Clemson about NC State. You know, I think that's because that one upset hurt so bad at the time. Um, and maybe they do play as close, but it's just kind of that. that well, and they're,
2: they're a football program that should be better than they are. And that's why they do scare you just a little bit because you know they're, they're, right, they're right there on the edge of it actually becoming a really good program. You're starting to see that this year. They should have won the South Carolina game. Notre Dame, fine, better football team than them, but they could be, should be a one-loss team right now.
1: In their minds, too, I think when they look at their schedule, each kid in that locker room, they, they circle Clemson more than they did Notre Dame. You're talking about Clemson was the school that most of them wanted to go. It's from the same region, North Carolina, Georgia, that they draw recruits. It's just kind of the... The, you know, the, the next Star guy's in line. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's reason that's the team that they want to play. And that's the team they want to beat, And they almost beat us last year too. And that's another thing.
2: And I think they're talented enough at this point where it's reasonable for
0: them to look at every game on schedule- their schedule and think they can win it. So what type of game can they keep this close? Can they maybe pull off the upset? I mean, I, I go back to last year uncalled targeting on Wayne Gallman, knocked out our lead running back, made our offense very one-dimensional and we just couldn't get the job done through the air.
2: It's going to need to. They're going to need to do it on defense. It's going to need to be a low-scoring game for them to win. If they're able to stuff the run and get pressure on Kelly Bryant, uh, you know, get some tackles for losses, some sacks, force him into some mistakes, uh, limit Clemson's offense, then they have a chance to to win a low-scoring game against this defense. But I, I think if Clemson's offense is able to put up, uh, you know, upwards of twenty-eight or more points, then game over is Clemson's game.
1: Yeah, it would just have to be, I think, really fluky. Um, I hate yeah. to say the turnover. That's so simple. But if they do, and, and they could, if they can create some turnovers, maybe even get some points off of turnovers, that's a game they can win. All things held even with turnovers, it's a clean game. I just, It's tough to see a scenario where they, where they beat us. And if it comes
2: down to a field goal, they beat us. <laughs> if it's a field
1: goal, shoot out. Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, again, you've got
0: the motivation factor maybe on their side. I mean, I think you could flip it the other way and say Clemson – you know our our team, our coaching staff is probably in our players ear about they almost did beat us last year. Like you need to put them away this year. Um, it's probably an easier motivator for their their coaching staff. But um, one of the things I was and we'll talk about this in the playoff rankings. I don't know that a number four ranking necessarily be, will be the type of motivator for this Clemson team that a number five or six would have been. Uh, but at four ain't one. It ain't two. We're the defending champs. We play the best schedule. We've had a good year. We had a fluky game and lost, but can you turn number four into a motivating story? I feel like we could. I absolutely
1: think so, yeah. And, and I think, I know I, we talked about this offline, but I think there's some egos. There's, Christian Wilkins has an ego, and I, I love it. Um, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell, those are starters on a national championship team just a year ago. They have ego, and I think getting, being four, even though we all probably consider that fair, I don't think they do.
2: And you got guys on the offensive side of the ball that weren't superstars last year. You know, it's their time to shine. Even guys on defense like Tanner Muse, Trey Lamar, um, Austin Bryant didn't play didn't play much last year. So it's, it's, it's these guys' time. This is a different football team. So I think that's motivation is enough. This is why you don't see the Super Bowl hangover factor in college football like you do in the NFL.
1: Well, we've seen it from uh, Ohio State and Florida State recently, <laughs> and and Auburn. Arguably Clemson, yeah, I just last year. But anyway, no, I, I I know what you mean. Like, there's enough like the perfect kind of storm of new guys that are trying to make a name for themselves with old guys that are leaders like Christian Wilkins who, you know, he never lets up and has a lot, frankly, has a lot of NFL money on the line too. So,
2: And I will clarify that by saying uh, a Super Bowl hangover in the NFL is a team not even making the playoff for the next year when like eight teams make it from each, each conference. Okay. Ohio state at least was in the mix. <laughs> okay. Florida I, state made it back to you, the man. playoff. I got
1: to read uh, but no, I think there's like championship. Alabama d- lost after theirs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, so and to like my the point, there is no Super Bowl Final. Thanks for getting that point. I, yeah. Sorry to, to throw that at you. But I'll say the championship you DNA. No, you, you're
2: apologizing for being wrong. Just to clarify.
1: I just, I took you out of context. I didn't give you a chance to elaborate on your point. I'm sorry. Championship DNA. Clemson has it. It's within the program. It lives in in various position groups throughout the offense and defense. And we'll see what they're made of, I think, in the, in the, in the next few games.
0: So Clemson, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. To me, that feels pretty right on. I could see a 10-plus-point victory. I God, again, I hope it's not a field goal game. I mean, I think at that point something's gone terribly wrong where it is, is even closer than a touchdown. Oh, on the
2: flip side, if Alex Spence hits a game-winning field goal under the bright lights of whatever the name of that stadium is in Raleigh, it wins the game. Carter Finley. Carter Finley. It's already uh, named after their quarterback. Uh, with those little wolf pack hand signals going up, all the little woofie going up all over the. Place. I just so picture that, the fat, him?
0: the fat redheaded dude swinging his shirt, hugging the flagpole. This was when they beat Florida State like three, four years ago. Is that their ver? Oh, that's yeah. their version of sloppy body guy. <sighs> Pretty much, but it was as time expired. Fat great redhead meme. flagpole dude. Yeah. Anytime NC State is about to upset somebody, you'll
1: see that meme on on Twitter. All right, well, let's, let's not see that meme. Yeah, exactly. Every game's an elimination <laughs> game. God, that so, sounds like such a cliche, but it's true. I don't want to see yeah, I don't want to see that at all.
0: I don't think we will. I mean, again, you you lean on talent, you lean on the the where this team is at mentally, the Clemson meaning. I mean, maybe where NC State is mentally. I mean, they're, you know, Dave Doran, I feel like he called kind of a dirty game last last year. Um, but he's a coach that came over from Northern Illinois. He had some success there. He's turned this program you know around into a pretty good sh- in pretty good shape after what was it tom o'brien i think was the coach before before him sounds about right he was there forever um so anyway i mean yeah they're they may be on the upswing but you know this kind of was their window in their year with florida state down and louisville we all thought was going to be the you know that that third team in the atlantic to to give people a run they clearly are not that and Lamar Jackson is about to go to the NFL, so who knows when they'll get back there. Their entire athletic department's in turmoil, so NC State is kind of like their their window right now. And you know this is this has got to be on the minds of everyone in that in that coaching room. Um, so this will be their Super Bowl. We will get their best game, even if they are coming off of Notre Dame.
1: Right, I agree, and I think they'll be much more pumped up. And seven points, like you mentioned, Phil's right. And, but I, it, it feels right on paper, but do you, I, I can't see an outcome where we win by seven. I think we lose or either we win by a few scores. It doesn't feel like there's that much. Bottom line, the key to success for this
2: team this year has been get off to a fast start, build a lead and dig in lock down on
0: defense period. For sure. It's a good, good plan. Well, I think we, we trust our offensive coaches to set up, you know, the beginning script of the game and, and get things moving. Um, Hopefully, there's enough film on this NC State team after, what, eight games at this point.
1: Particularly that last one against Notre Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. I think we know the formula here. So, ground and pound. So, that's it for the pack. Let's move on to talking about the college football playoff rankings. The college football playoff committee guys just tonight released their rankings and this one was, it's always interesting to see the first one, especially when there's a lot of kind of clustering and conglomeration of teams across conferences at this point. Um, some would argue this is a little bit early to be announcing these things. You still have, you know, division races happening. You still have a lot of undefeateds that have some of their best games yet to play, but they got to launch this thing at some point. It's and, three quarters of the way through the season. Well, and the fact that we're talking about it so much, they're making money off this. ESPN has a show, I'm sure it was highly watched and tuned into. This is causing a ton of talk. So, I'm all for it. You know, I'm not just saying that because Clemson's on the inside.
2: Well, think of how this, many but, how many
0: questions
2: we had coming into this weekend. That it kind of got answered. It made the picture a little bit, a bit clear.
0: I can't speak to year in, year out, but this year it seems like the perfect time. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, really the last three weeks we've had top five teams go down. And um, certainly when we lost to Syracuse and then this past weekend with TCU and Penn state losing, um, you know, there's a lot of chaos has been happening already. So, it's good to at least get a data point and a calibration of where this committee that's going to choose everyone's fate in you know five six weeks, where their th- where their head is. And you know, Bill Connolly, you know, podcasting play buddy and um, father of S P Plus, you know, he said it's it's you know you shouldn't read too much into it, obviously, but it's really interesting to see where they're going to kind of set the the boundaries on this thing.
1: Yeah, because there's the teams look similar. We're talking about really the top seven, maybe. They don't look that much different, but their resumes are quite different, um, and you see what they value. Like Clemson doesn't have that top tier opponent or elite opponent uh, or you know, top ten win, we'll say, but they do have a lot more quality wins than Ohio State, that does have that one top ten win, and they you know they weighted that more more than uh, than the one big win, uh, and then they have the bad loss versus an Oklahoma. Who lost to Iowa State, and you know, I guess that's looking like a not at such a bad loss right right now. So anyway, it's just kind of like you see where their heads at, and I think they've been consistent uh, throughout the years. Uh, I guess their criteria slightly changes from year to year, but for the most part, they stay consistent within a, within any given year. And then um, as I don't you know, move through the weeks, yeah. as you move through the weeks, yeah. yeah. And I, frankly, I think they. I told you guys, I think they hit it out of the ballpark uh, with the rankings. Not to give away my you know rankings, but that's I think they did a great job.
0: Well, we can kind of peel this apart a little bit. And let's start with Notre Dame, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. I think that like three through six um, span is one of the most interesting because these are all one loss teams. Um, some of them have lost to much worse opponents, but have a better resume. Clemson, um, Notre Dame has the best loss. They lost to Georgia, who by very few points, Georgia's number one. Georgia looks very dominant. Um, so I guess. Kind of my, yeah, I think what they did by kind of putting Notre Dame ahead is they're saying a loss matters, uh, but also quality wins matter as well. And I think that's where Notre Dame Clemson, I think, have had um, more of a, a collective of quality games, quality wins, and a good resume.
2: Well, and especially, I mean, Notre Dame's loss coming to the team by one point to the team they have ranked number one. And then Clemson's loss uh, coming
0: with their quarterback injured for the half that he did play and out for the second half exactly and both of those teams playing a lot tougher of a schedule playing a lot of top 25 teams I mean Notre Dame beat USC who's still you know they're not entirely off the radar they're in the teens and then um, they just be an NC state who's still ranked as well so um, and, and we all know about Clemson's you know top playing five teams in the top 50 six teams above a 500 record um, so that's kind of where or why I think those two got into the, the bottom half of yeah
2: well, and, and people are going to bring this up, but I think it had no bearing um, the fact that Clemson, what Clemson has done to Oklahoma and Ohio State the last two years. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt, but I don't think year in and year out, I don't think they take that in consideration. Look no further than them having Georgia over Alabama. I mean, Alabama's been beating the snot out of people this year, but they, they looked at what they did on the field. Not the fact that Alabama was in the national championship game the past two years. You
0: say that, Ben, I'm actually going to disagree with that because, well, on some level, and we can, let's debate this. It, Alabama and Wisconsin, if you don't look at margin of victory of the games that they're winning, their opponents have sub-500 records. Their in-conference opponents have sub-500 records. Bama ain't played nobody is basically what I'm saying, and I think what maybe your point is and what we talked about offline, where Wisconsin is playing closer games and they're doing their own version of the boa constrictor, um, they've had to escape in a couple spots. Bama is crushing the lesser teams on their schedule, but I think Bama deservedly is behind Georgia because Georgia has a gone to Notre Dame and won. You know they've played a, a, an actually tougher slate in the SEC so far, um, just with their cross conference um, matchups.
2: Well, I, I think it's less so Bama being there the last two years um, as it is the fact that. They one Alabama is killing everybody, and two they still value the strength of
0: the SEC more than they do the strength of the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten West. Yeah, it's a good point. That's why Wisconsin's down at nine. So uh, I think out of conference, I mean Alabama, they did what they could do. They they scheduled Florida State, and you play who you schedule. And if they yeah, if State they've fallen was- off the map, I mean we're we're saying the same thing about Louisville.
2: Well, and Florida State's a lot better. Football teams than they're they're proving to be right now their season once once uh, uh, the quarterback went down I don't even remember his name anymore um, once he went down in that Francois. first game DeAndre Francois once he went down Alabama all but gave up on the season especially after losing that second game um, Florida State did yeah exactly yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: so that win by Alabama is really a lot better than it appears to be right now
1: yeah but they, they factor that in I think it's one thing they don't get into the gray area. It's like yes, they've acknowledged you're talking to the committee chairman. Yes, we acknowledge that uh, Florida State is a different team now. That's what they say. Yes, we acknowledge that there were extenuating, extenuating circumstances uh, in the Syracuse game for Clemson because of the injured quarterback. But they don't they don't let you know as to like how much they value. Yeah, they don't do now, a calibration. They don't like show yeah, you their math. It leads yeah. itself to a lot of subjectivity, and or it leads itself to a lot of subjectivity, and yeah, how they how they look at it. But you remove that Florida State win from Alabama, and that is. Not a very good schedule. Give them credit for beating the teams like they should be beating them, minus Texas A and M. But that is it is really pitiful who they played, and and it shows where the SEC is outside of a couple of teams. True, and it's not their fault.
2: Um, They can't help that the SEC is down. They can't help. Well, that's probably part their fault that the SEC is down. Um, They can't help that Florida State is is down. uh, as far as Wisconsin goes, I'm not sure who they, who they played in their outer conference
0: schedule. It's Oregon State or- and or- BYU. Uh,
2: generally, two. Uh, no, not, but not Oregon, State. Yeah, Oregon State. Oregon right. State's terrible. Coach
0: quit, and BYU is like. They're really
1: the bad. Worst team in
2: well, the and then BYU is—I mean, at their best, they're going to be a, a, a top twenty-five in that twenty to twenty-five range, right? Normally, but this year, literally, they are the worst team in the country. Yeah, right, and well, they couldn't know that when they scheduled oh, yeah. it. But Oregon State is not a good football team; it hasn't been
0: for they're a not while. A good yeah, program exactly. They need to—they need to challenge themselves. The other thing I—I remember reading and hearing from our friend Dan at Washington, Wisconsin, and Washington were supposed to play this year, and Wisconsin walked away from that. Washington in the past is well, they to walk their, their way out of the playoffs. I think you're right. Um, you, anyway, if Wisconsin runs the table, it's going to be really hard to keep a 13-0 Power Five Big Ten champ out. So, I mean, in a way, they they control their destiny. I guess
2: they've got they've got Iowa and Michigan left as their two toughest games on the schedule, and both at home. Um, outside of whomever they may play in the Big Ten champ- championship game, Ohio State. Uh, their strength of schedule right now is ranked 69th on the, the general ranking. So I, that I, when it's that bad, and it's not gonna get much better. I don't see how you justify moving them up much higher.
1: Let me move, uh, kind of take this and segue it. Talking about the, the quality of, of big 10, the big 10 and Michigan, the team I had penciled in as a top four team at the beginning of the year. That's not a good win anymore. And I, I don't see them. I see them falling out of the top 25 and further and further and further. It's just not a very good team. So like Ohio State, who Michigan? Michigan, yes. They're so, already out of
2: the top twenty-five.
1: Are they okay? So um, just looking at the yeah. quality of of, got, of teams on on Big Ten schedules uh, remaining, looking at Wisconsin and Ohio State, like Ohio State's probably going to be just fine if they can win out, probably. But I, I think they're they're getting a little over as well. And look at who they've beaten so far. Not it's just Penn I mean, State. It's stuff that we were just talking about last year. State. Listen, the Big Ten
2: conference is smoke and mirrors, man. I mean. They they get a leg up because of tradition um, in that conference, but Penn State's a good football team. Ohio State's a solid football team. Michigan not a good football team. Who else are they playing? Well, like like
1: we're talking about. Michigan Penn State's S- not that good. We're talking about Penn State as, as being like how we would calibrate Ohio State. Well, right. hey, they beat Penn State by one point at home. But are we sure that Penn State is right. a good team? I mean, Trace McSorley looks like a pretty competent quarterback, and Barkley looks like a great running back. But are they really a great team? They look like it's, I I don't know. Like there's just not enough data points at this point in the season. And I don't know if we're going to get a full look at this just based off of who they play in conference. Yeah, uh, so you know, for me, it's up in the air
2: right now. I, I can certainly see four of the Power Five conferences still have an opportunity to not have a team show up um, in, in the college football playoff, depending on how things shake out. And because of the fact that Notre Dame is playing so well and they're not being affiliated with a conference. Um, the SEC, I think, be, between Alabama and Georgia, they have a lock to get at least one of those in. Um, and if that goes down to the... Uh, sec championship games with, with both teams being undefeated i still think the loser of that game uh is, is probably going to get in depending on how that game goes um although with alabama's strength and schedule not being as good as, as georgia's is georgia may be, had the better opportunity with one loss than alabama would but we'll see mm-hmm. how much respect saban and that alabama team is given when it comes to that i don't trust that they'd be left out
1: yeah, unless think, georgia
2: absolutely annihilates them
0: and then that 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 last point i think that's where th- the committee will draw on performance in previous playoffs. Right. And I think that's actually also where Clemson and might money. get a coin flip benefit of the doubt is, I mean, if I'm the committee, if I'm on that committee, if I'm in that room, I'm saying the last two years, this past year and the one before that, the first, the first round has all four games have sucked. They've been blowouts. They've been snoozers for a national audience. I don't know how many people were watching that entire game. If you didn't care about one of those fan bases, if you were not in one of those fan bases, right? Michigan state was like the equivalent of the Ohio state game for us. They got shut out by Alabama. And then, you know, we all remember what we did to Oklahoma, Alabama did the same to Washington for the most part. So a dismantling. And I think what they should be deciding on, and obviously they got to look at merit and quality of team is like, who is, who's proven who's most likely to, you know, be made one-dimensional by the other team and is the likelihood of a complete blowout a possibility. Yeah, cause and I just don't see Clemson getting blown out by anybody. Yeah,
2: no, and I mean, you look at you look at the top four, or even, I mean, look, you know, down to six in these rankings. Who do we know or who do we feel have, like, on the confidence meter up to 99, 95% is an elite team right now, Alabama and Clemson? We don't know that about Georgia yet. They look like a really good football team, but they, they haven't, they haven't gotten there yet. We don't know. They're gonna to have to beat some I, other I, teams.
1: I think we're 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 when you go down, you're going down like kind of of a fine line talking about the distinction between uh, a, an elite a program, program and an yeah. elite program within one year. And I don't know that Clemson even is that proven. But I will say that like, kind of your point to it, I don't think there's as much volatility in, in the outcome. Clemson's not going to embarrass itself. Oklahoma has been known to embarrass themselves both in previous years, but also in this season with their, you know, their poorest course defense. Yeah, Iowa State, and uh, but then like Ohio State, I don't know. They got they already, they already got blown out by Oklahoma, I, and Penn State. Maybe that's the one bin where it's like it's a kind of a the mix of tradition, but they're also back to new heights for their program. So how do you calibrate yeah. them? Could they be embarrassed on a national stage if they go up I, against Alabama? Probably.
0: I don't see unless there's utter chaos. I don't see a path for Penn State, and I know you guys already touched on that. It's got to be utter chaos. What's their best win? Well, so
2: I would say um, well, Michigan. Michigan is their Michigan best win Pitt? on, on <laughs> maybe. Pitt. Yeah, and all they've got left on the schedule is at Michigan State. So the committee <laughs> so values
1: right. wins. Yeah, Michigan State just lost to yeah. Northwestern, by the way. Michigan yeah. State. Who, so it, it let's
0: is. stop talking about Penn State. They're they're out. Yeah, t- as far as I'm concerned, Oklahoma, like the Big Twelve. I, I'm not ready yet to completely kill the Pac-12. It's going to be Washington or nobody. Um, if they're a one-loss champion and USC can kind of sneak into that uh, Pac-12 championship game and ranked highly enough, maybe Washington, that looks good with a championship. Washington, maybe. But, the Pac-12 is is my yeah. Power 5 conference on the outside looking in right for now. For sure. And I think the Big 12 has enough chaos left in it. They have that oh, weird yeah. round-robin championship out. game. Well, where you look
2: at Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma is yeah. their front-runner right now. Oklahoma left they have at Oklahoma State versus TCU and versus West Virginia and they're going to play either Oklahoma State TCU or Iowa State again um, should they win out and and be in that championship game so three and and a half that's a tough schedule for Oklahoma
0: to go through with a team with with no defense exactly so I think the Big 12 might eliminate itself as well with a second loss for everybody Uh, so again that that does open the door for Notre Dame one more point on Notre Dame They have about a 19% shot at winning the rest of their games, and they won't have a conference championship. Could this be the committee's opportunity to say, join a conference? If they don't get in.
1: And I think they yeah, had absolutely. to, in a way, be ahead of Clemson and be ahead of a lot of the one loss conference members uh, just be, to give them a position. Because there's no way if you got down to the end of the season, there would be no way to leapfrog at the last moment, given they don't have that championship game. Right. But if you start them out ahead, you can justify leaving them ahead at the end. It gives them that you know, or confidence. drop them a spot, you know, if if they wanted them in for whatever reason, um, conspiracy or not. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they're not going to leapfrog. Like Clemson goes in, uh, in um, they're, they're ahead in, uh, of Notre Dame three and then four. We demolish we'll say, Miami. We demolish yeah. Miami. There's no way they're going to yeah, jump Notre Dame over us. So it gives them that kind of that. But you know, Clemson
2: it, could conceivably jump over
1: Notre Dame. Exactly. So, they right. could. Yeah, they could. But I think it just it gives them that outlet. And, and I'm not saying it's conspiracy, but Notre Dame is a big I, I, it is a big brand. Name I, I think it also matters
2: where Alabama lands too at this point, because you look at it now, they've got a Clemson, Alabama rematch um, in the first round of the playoff. Now, I know it doesn't matter a whole lot right now because there's still going to be some movement. History is going to tell us there's going to be movement. But. Do you think that factors in at all of where they want to see that? Do they want to oh. see a third national championship in a row, or do they I want to get for that game Cavs out of the Warriors. way? It's
0: worked for the Cas Warriors. Well, lately. let's
2: put it this way. Are they going to put Alabama, let's say Alabama wins, and they, they leave Georgia in there. They could put Alabama 1, Georgia 4, immediate rematch. No,
1: they absolutely wouldn't do that. I, I don't know if they can. I wonder if there's. I don't know if there's. I, there's no, sure they, they can, can do it. Why yeah, couldn't they be able to? There's no reason not to be able to. But well, yeah, they, they
2: don't do it in like the the. Uh, You're asking the, for LSU Alabama all over again.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. If for for one, they would play back to back games within well in a month. But it's like the in the Elite Eights, um, uh, two conference members can't play each other in the in the conference or the basketball tournament until the Elite Eight. I wonder if they would structure it like
2: that. Yeah, there's only four teams in this. I don't think they can.
1: Right, right. I mean that makes sense. Um, But I will say whether they want it or not, I don't. I don't think they want three Southern teams um, to be the four representatives. Well, then the rest of the country absolutely don't want that. Start playing
2: better football. (laughs) Yeah. And winning championships.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is part of the reason, even on Sunday, I was like, oh, here we go with all the scenario analysis and whatnot. And, you know, we're not going to sit here and break down, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? I mean, stuff's going to unfold. I think this weekend, though, could be some exciting stuff. You're going to see Alabama play LSU. LSU is not, you know, LSU of five years ago, but um, it was a, what, nine to six game last year or something like that. Um,
1: that one was in Bat- Baton Rouge. Yeah, but- yeah, so. And Auburn still has Georgia. I think that's in two weeks at, at Auburn. Exactly. Yeah. So where do you guys, where do you
2: guys have your top four, five, or six right now in comparison uh, to the 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 playoff committee?
0: You know, I'm inclined on some level to move Ohio State up slightly. Um, just based on the victory over Penn State. And I don't know where I don't have an answer for you, Ben, in terms of my like pecking order myself, but I do wonder if a single marquee win counts as equally or maybe slightly more than a a number of other kind of teens-level wins, teens wins. Well, you also have to – what
2: you can't factor in is whether or not you think in a matchup, let's say Alabama would beat a Georgia. You have to base it solely based on their resume and what they've done on the field so far. Um, So that's things that I I think gut reaction we
0: don't take into consideration like a committee – would be debating aligning lineups or matchups. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I kind of think you have to, they're also meant to be looking at who's playing the best ball. Like who is likely to equip themselves the best in the playoff. And I think Ohio state
1: in that Penn state game, they look effing good. Well, can you know, we were talking about Penn state and you said they're, Effectively out of it. True. The reason I wanted to talk about them and how they may be fraudulent is because the only data point that we have that says that Ohio State is good is just as you mentioned, well, they have that marquee victory over Penn State. So is maybe that, they were but, overranked. So yeah. is
0: it really that so, worthwhile? So and
1: yeah. by the way, so you say Ohio State, that might be your gripe. Would you jump them over Oklahoma? And that's been a big kind of no, a headliner I, narrative. I, I don't think you can. I mean, I, I can Oklahoma. see like teams change throughout the year. Oklahoma has, looks like they've regressed a little. So you can make a, an argument, but they went into Oklahoma, Columbus and uh, beat them. Oklahoma has touchdowns. one loss to what is now.
2: Um, a highly ranked Iowa State team. I know nobody saw saw it coming at the beginning. A, de- of the year. a decent Iowa State, but no, but I, yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I agree. They, they, they play well. Okay, I mean, I actually have my top five is Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, then Clemson, just based solely on the fact that Oklahoma did beat Ohio State big time on the road, and their only loss is to a number fourteen Iowa State team. Or at the time. Um, their best win is
1: better and their yeah, loss is yeah, better. Too, but
2: this. I'm still very comfortable in the fact yeah. with my top five that the Clemson still gets in there if they went out. Um, but that's kind of where I saw it shake out. But, now i we tell you I mean, Ohio state, I think none of us argue with the fact that Notre Dame should be in there. And number three is a good slot for them. Right. I guess so. Um,
0: no, um, I think so. They, I think they played I think a good schedule. Right. Yeah. They played a good one, schedule. One, one point loss to Georgia. Yeah, I know you're, you're right. No, do you have? Do we all agree Georgia over Alabama just
1: based on unequivocally?
0: Yeah. I, I'd be almost be inclined to put Alabama like three.
1: I agree. I I, I thought nothing about nothing against <laughs> them. Like they to, won the way they should have won, but there's no way Georgia should have been well, behind Alabama. That'll play it,
2: that'll play yeah. itself out. So I mean, they're inevitably going to play
0: each other. Um, so,
1: yeah, but as of now, what we have to go off? I I, I don't know what, there, what world Alabama could be rated ahead of Georgia based off of resumes. They've played the same opponents too, two of them. And they've played almost the exact same game. But regarding the Notre Dame thing, jumping yeah. them over
2: Alabama, that's going to play itself out because these teams are going to have to play. Yeah. Each other. So I don't think you worry about that. Right. Notre Dame just feels safe being in the playoff. They still got some games on their schedule that they're going to have to win. They, they got Wake Forest coming in this weekend um, at Miami versus Navy, which oh, you yeah. know is, is always okay. a tough game for them and at Stanford. So, I mean, they're going to, they're going to have to win some ball games.
0: Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, 19% chance of running the table on that schedule. And I don't know, looking at those teams, I mean, I, I'd be most inclined to say Stanford because that's on the road. And um, who's most likely to be able to shut down their running attack? I think Stanford has the, the talent level. They're pretty close to a, a, a good blue chip ratio at Stanford. Um, that would be the, the team that I would pick. I think Miami's pretty darn fraudulent. We can talk about them as a, a maybe coastal opponent. I think if you're a Clemson fan, you need to be a Canes fan the next four weeks because they're the team we want to face. We want to face them undefeated.
2: Not necessarily. So th- this kind of leads into my next question I was going to ask you. Um, there's several one-last teams that aren't in the top ten that I think have a chance or that are in the top ten that I think still have a chance we're not considering. TCU, their only loss is at Iowa State. If they run the table and win the Big 12, where do they stand? Oklahoma State, their only loss is at TCU. What happens if they run the table and win the Big 12? Washington, they do have the bad loss at Arizona State. You mentioned it. What if they win out, win the Pac-12? Virginia Tech. What if Virginia Tech wins out, wins the ACC with their only loss to Clemson? They're a one-loss
1: team right now. Can I be honest? If that happens and Clemson's out, and then I quit caring. <laughs> so, but, but like, given that's
2: true. We do not, we do not promise to be I, objective
0: or still have a podcast.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, it's all
2: contingent upon Clemson still being a good football team.
1: If any of these conference champions get to a one loss and Clemson's sitting there with one loss as well, it, it's nice that we started off these, the, the playoffs ranked number four, but I don't think it mean I think it means very little. I think. We do not control our own destiny in that in that light. Like we we've got to. There is an element from this point on of style points. You have to be very uh, aware that NC State just played Notre Dame the week week prior, and they're going to look at that as kind of a head-to-head mutual opponent. And I'm not going to say they're going to put a ton of stock into it, but leave no doubt. Don't you know? If you can go up four scores, go up four oh. scores. I'm not saying they're going to blow NC State out, but if you can, better be better be safe than sorry because you left yourself no. Uh, no, no more second chances after no, the loss of Syracuse.
2: Absolutely. And I'll, I'll say this too, as much as I hate to say it, and I know Clemson fans don't want to hear this, Clemson needs to become big South Carolina fans right now. South Carolina beats Georgia. That clears one, one, one team out of our path. And then also the better South Carolina is, and we beat them on the road, the, the better their record is, the better that's going to look for Clemson. You, you, you need good wins right now. You're already down one to the Citadel. That ain't going to mean anything to anybody um yeah. that can only hurt you Florida State not a, playing very good football right now it benefits Clemson fans or South Carolina to win I can never root for South Carolina but I tell you it's very beneficial for them to be uh, in, in Miami and win some games Miami
1: like totally right. saying, maybe a little bit fraudulent I don't I think they are fraudulent, and that's going to look like a really good win. And we have a chance to put an exclamation point on the season if we had the opportunity to play but, them.
0: But they still have to play
1: Virginia Tech and beat Virginia Tech. I hope they do. I mean, that's
0: this weekend. It's at home for Miami, or it's, you know, the neutral site game that happens to be in South Florida um, at Miami Gardens. But, um, you know, yeah, I think we're going to find a, a lot about both of those teams in this game. Could be Virginia Tech again, though.
2: Miami has. Virginia Tech and either way F- that's F- going to be a good win for the Clemson ACC
0: like I think if Virginia Tech beats Miami you got to assume they're going to finish their season I, they probably still play Virginia in the rivalry and they probably have one other game that doesn't matter much mm-hmm. they're sitting right at what 13 14 right now yeah. if they beat number nine Miami this week or number 10 Miami this week they're going to creep up right there into the top 10, top 10. we're going to get a top 10 game no matter what no matter no what. What, what in that ACC think? title game not necessarily Miami loses to Notre Dame Oh, I guess you're right. They could have. T- yeah. Well, you're right. Okay, so if they if they beat Virginia Tech, they could still have one loss and drop out. But and anyway, that will be another I, mutual opponent too. By the way, if, if potentially if they were to, if Miami were to lose Notre Dame, yeah, um, I think that's one thing we haven't mentioned is you know NC State Wake Forest will be our mutual opponents against Notre Dame this year. Potentially Miami, I think that's where style points come into play uh, at this at this point for for Clemson where. It could be Austin Notre Dame fighting for that fourth spot if they're very impressive Big Ten champs. And what if it is Wisconsin undefeated? What if it's Bama Georgia? They both you know qualify. Let's say with their play, Um, we're gonna have to. They will look at common opponent. You imagine,
1: right? Let's say the scenario, and I I mean not to dismiss uh, Wisconsin so quickly, but let's say we stumble a little bit against like South Carolina down the stretch. Uh, We we get the wins, but it's not it's not pretty. It's not it's it's not decisive. Decisive. There you go. Um, and then Ohio State, it keeps wrecking teams the way they have, and they do the same thing in the Big Ten. They they leapfrog us. We're not going to get ahead of them. And then, it, like you said, it does come down between us and Notre Dame, and I can and I can see that playing out. I mean, I mean Ohio State is they're trending up. Then you then you ask yourself, does conference title matter at all? Winning a conference, and
0: winning it, that thirteenth data point that they all talked about when the Big Twelve did not get a team in in the first year.
1: Yeah, and that's that's going to be some good off-season chatter if if they caught if they cost themselves. But it's really going to like you going back to a very convoluted uh story here, but we have common opponents with Notre Dame. If it's us or them, they're going to look to Wake Forest, they're going to look to NC State. We, we can't do anything with the Wake Forest game at this point. We we kind of, you know, meld that one in by the second quarter or third quarter. But we have NC State and Miami left. So, potentially Miami left. So,
2: it's got to win, man. Now, you have to we, do more than
1: wins, is what I'm saying. You have to a Well, we got to first,
2: first start by winning um, and let things play themselves out. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Right now, we're staring at a top four that leaves out three Power Five conferences. That's interesting. That'll, that'll be a very interesting narrative. We get to the end of the season, um,
1: and that's how it shakes out. It's,
2: Even two would be
1: to me so and everyone will yet. say there'll be more chaos and there always seems to be but i don't the reason i don't think there'll be as much chaos is it'll be a very static uh four or six whatever you want to call it it's cuz the sec just isn't that good um granted yeah. uh, alabama will be and they will be playing auburn georgia will be playing auburn there will be an sec championship game but, but the big 10's just not that good either so i don't i think it's ohio state's for the taking
2: um, and I, I would, I I'd like to leave it, leave my thoughts with this since I um, came close to almost having to say nice things about South Carolina. I will point out that um, there's only three Power 5, two-loss teams not in the playoff committee's top 25. Two of those are South Carolina and Michigan, and that, that just warms my heart. And the third one is another SEC team that's Kentucky. Two SEC teams in Michigan. Ben,
1: at, who do you hate more in 2017, Michigan or South Carolina? No, it's not that I
2: hate Michigan; I just hate people talking about Michigan, and assuming they're going to be good because of Jim Harbaugh. I definitely hate South Carolina more. Just in general. me is guilty there. Yeah, and and incorrect. I mean,
0: <laughs> and you're wearing garnet again, damn it. Yeah,
2: undershirt still, and in the light, they're bordering <laughs> on maize there. So. I was colors. state colors, right? <laughs> <I> <laughs> state colors, unbelievable.
0: This kid's confused. Um, mm. Well, guys, I wanted to ask maybe a question that merits a little bit of uh, you know, deeper thought here, but who do you think Clemson matches up against the worst among the top? Let's call it six. Who do you, who do you think we go into a game with, let's say in the first round of the playoff and you're like, damn it. Why'd we draw
1: them? So I think now we're looking at with this question. You're removing the resume part of it and you're saying strictly on the football field. Yeah. Uh, and I, What honestly, scenario plays out where – I think right? I need to see level.
2: the teams play more. I need to see Georgia play Auburn. I need to see Alabama play Auburn, play some better teams. LSU, yeah. um, Notre, Notre Dame, honestly, I have more confidence in Notre Dame, I think at this point, being a better team. They, they lost by one point to Georgia. I know Georgia won, but
1: um, – No, I, I've seen them all play. I've watched a lot of football this season. And Alabama and Georgia – Alabama and Georgia are definitely the top two teams that would scare me the most – um actually Notre Dame does not scare me because they don't have a a good passing quarterback they they don't and if we where our defense is good enough to really make you one-dimensional our defensive coordinator is gonna have to come with a game plan that'll make you one-dimensional and then on defense they're just not elite reminds me a little bit of Penn State good players throughout some blue chippers but not you know not an Alabama Georgia or Clemson defense which team sitting behind Clemson right now do you think would be a bigger threat to them um, potentially Ohio State head-to-head just because of their defense, which is lead. Yeah. Um, and uh, you saw it against Saquon Barkley. I think there was a stat where aside from one twenty-six yard rush, I think they he went for like, uh, I don't want to say like eight yards on like 12 carries. Yeah, that's, that's – They were hitting him in the, the backfield. Only, that's the
2: only team that I see really.
1: I, uh, I don't fear – We match up really well against their yeah. offense, and we saw that last year. They're, you know, It's the same quarterback, same system. Our defense arguably is better. Their offense may as well. I think it, I think it's... It, Call that a wash. It, it
2: all... We can pin it right on our defense this year. The defense is just so elite that we're going to give any team... Like you said, no, I don't think any team's going to blow us out. I'm really, I'm really, really interested to see how Alabama and Georgia end up finishing off this season. Yeah.
0: Especially both of them still have to play Auburn. Might have to turn the channel to CBS, watch some of those games. But my answer to that, I think we beat everyone in the country except Alabama right now, and I think that's an amazing game. I think they're a worse team than they were last year. I think in some ways... We are too. We're a different team. We're a different offense. We're better on defense. Better on not defense. As good on offense. Um, you know, they, they've had some turnover in their offense, too. They have a pretty crazy 1 2 running back punch, just like Georgia does. Um, but I think our, our experience, and I, I give us the edge over, over the Dogs, um, but I think Bama would be that game I would not want to get in the in the first draw. I think, again, you, you get four weeks to prepare for that versus the 10 days or so for the final. But. Anyway, I like our chances, and I feel like, again, the committee, we're, we're in it. We're number four. You know, path is ahead of us. Cody, you mentioned you don't think we have – we control our own destiny. I kind of think we do, but we it wouldn't hurt to get some style points along the way.
1: Right, and I know, Ben, you, you mentioned, like, just focus on the win, and, and certainly you will. Like, you will focus on the win. But there's a time that we've seen it now in about five of our games – where it's like you, you want to focus on the win, but you want to implement some strategies like less substituting, um, keeping your quarterback in a little bit more, opening up a few plays downfield in the third quarter, just to just to really make it a little bit more decisive.
2: Well, and I, I'm less worried. I'll about be monitoring that, I'm less worried about style points uh, for the committee as I am just just to know that this offense is going to is able to play up to its capabilities. I think because that makes me feel better about this team actually being able. To advance in the playoff and possibly winning another national championship, which is going to be very hard to do. and at this point, I would say they're not quite a good enough team to do that.
0: yeah, I just I just don't know who that anyone is, to be honest, so I think exactly you're right. we gotta
2: see we gotta see more football being played. I cannot with confidence, over fifty percent confidence tell you a national championship team right now.
0: yep, for sure. Well, uh, long enough show here, I think um, appreciate everyone sticking with us. We will be back to recap the NC State game um, and preview to some extent Florida State coming up uh, a week from this Saturday. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate you spreading the word. And as always, Go Tigers. And I'm
1: so I'm so happy for our family. It's not, it's not this is not for just us. This is for the Taj Boyds, the Stephon Anthony's, the Grady jairs the Nuke Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. Y'all built this. Y'all started this foundation. And all we did is build upon it. And we finished it. It's been 35 long years, Clemson. y'all been waiting 35 years. It's finally coming home, baby. It's coming home. The Florida State noon game. I, I still, gotta tell Graham that I still think we get a 3:30. Huh?
2: Yeah, I would be,
0: okay. be like, Graham. Tell you what, I'll send you. I'll Venmo you for the value. It comes out 10 too, minutes after 10 kiddo. minutes before kickoff. I'll just spend
2: maybe the five bucks now. Like that. <laughs> well, wait, wait, he's gonna get an extra free taco out of that to so take off 99 cents.
1: So His first bullet not enough has been said about the disruptive tempo. Well, I've, I've made a lot to do about that. I'm trying to tell you guys, you just don't listen to me. Yeah,
2: because you say shit like Michigan's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm pretty glad we opened the kicking game up and brought Costa out. But I told everyone here and on the Twitter that Spence wasn't very good. I hope he doesn't costa a game. Uh. (laughs) Oh that's great.